So good evening, everybody, and welcome to this month's Business Boosting Expert Interview. I'm Ruth Sertel, and I'm delighted um, to be bringing to you this evening Dario Cucci, a bit of a master of sales. Dario, are you with us this evening? Yes, I am, Ruth. Happy to be here. <laughs> oh, great to have you here. And, uh, and I'm glad you're there. There's always that moment, isn't there, of technology as to, are they on the call? <laughs> so <laughs> great that you're with us. Now, I don't know yeah, about anybody on the call, but I'm really struggling to believe that it is June already. It seems yeah. like this year is just zooming past at a rapid rate of knots. But what I yeah. do hope is that as you listen to this call, that you are sitting there thinking, yep, the year is going quickly. Or Ruth doesn't know what she's talking about on that one. That's fine as well. But I just really hope that your business is tracking along to be where you expected it to be for June 2012. But if you are sitting there and it isn't, Daria, this evening's guest, could be just the person to help to turn that around for you. Isn't that right, Daria? Absolutely. <laughs> now, for those of you that haven't met Daria before, haven't come into contact with him, um, you may be a little bit confused as to why I would say that. So let me tell you a little bit about Dario. I've known Dario for a number of years now, and he is somebody who combines sales and self-development in a way that I haven't seen in too many people. He loves to help people to invest in sales training and also into their own personal growth. Now, Darren has over 15 years of experience in sales and self-development, and it's really over the last 10 years that he has dedicated himself to developing a really powerful and effective framework for communication in both sales and self-growth that works to ensure you achieve everything which you're capable of, whether you're a business owner, a solopreneur, or even if you're a salesperson working for somebody else. And the thing that I love is that Dario has truly learned and teaches and shares the value of effective sales and building lasting relationships with customers. So as a speaker and educator and personal development specialist, he now travels the world teaching people powerful techniques to make dramatic changes in their lives and businesses, which actually then positively impact an increase in sales revenue which then gives them the business that will allow them to have their freedom, lifestyle, and a better quality of life. Let me just share with you a few of Dario's achievements and what it is that makes him unique as a sales coach. Dario is the first person that has worked in three different industries. And when we say different, they are self-development, financial education, and events. And he's repeated his sales successes in each of those industries in order to make the companies that he worked with over a million dollars additional sales revenue in 12 months or less. He's worked with the likes of Jamie McIntyre, Kerwin Ray, Chris Howard, Lou Harty, and many more successful mentors over the years, where he's been learning whilst also helping them to sell their high-end educational programs. Dario has studied with people such as Anthony Robbins, Chris Howard, and Dr. Joanna Martin, Dr. Tad James, and many, many more over the years. 
and he combines this knowledge that makes him an excellent coach to bring in this really massive range of experience to really benefit his clients to achieve more in less time in terms of their sales goals. One of his recent clients, Deborah Jackson from Easy Marketing, doubled her sales within only seven days after having had one coaching session with Dario on Skype. That just sounds completely amazing to me, and I'm sure to you guys as well. And so I'm not even going to make you guys pay for the one coaching session on Skype because we've got Dario here with us, and he's going to share with us for an hour for free. And I would love to hear someone's success stories that they've taken what Dario talks about and implements it and had some amazing results. And then we can have an even better testimonial for you, Dario. So, Dario, welcome to the call. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Mm. Yeah, well, with all that so experience and all what, that, what, um, all those stories and testimonials, how could we not have you here? So this is uh, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I've been, uh, and, and I know, because, you know, as I say, we've known one another for a few years, and I know that all of that is so true, and you just work with some of these amazing people, and you bring your own uniqueness to what they offer, but you also just, you're a bit of a sponge and you soak up so much that you can then take out and really share with clients, and I absolutely love that. Yeah, no, that's very true, very true. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things on on why people really struggle in when it comes to, you know, promoting their business or selling their own services or anything like that, it's because they're really... I mean, one of the things that I had to first learn is to let go to um, assume basically what's going to happen in the call, you know, or to to mm-hmm. actually end up pitching because a lot of the times what we do first is we prepare ourselves mentally so that if a person is um, is actually not willing to listen to us, we still actually can um, uphold ourselves and at the same time, we want to make the sale for the money, and that is the wrong place to come from because in the end of the day, you never know what's going to happen in the call. Or when you meet with the person, you don't know where they're at or at what state they're at. You could call somebody, and they're in a dilemma in the middle of a shopping center with their kids, and they're not <laughs> ready to listen to you, and you're like, um, is now a good time, by the way? And you just hear the kids screaming in the background. She goes, all over the place and it's like if you are listening to that for instance you would not pitch your product or service to that woman because she's not going to hear you at all but what do people do they pitch their product yeah exactly they pitch their product and then wonder why they didn't get the sale and it's like well you just called a mom with two kids screaming in the background in the shopping center she has her hands full why should she buy from you and she's not even concerned about you. Her concern is getting the shopping done with the kids. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I think, think that, that we might already be getting a bit of an insight here. But I do just want to, I guess, kind of take it back a little bit before we get jump straight into the strategy and the tips. I know you're just keen and desperate to share. Um, I'm always curious. I always ask uh, our experts on these calls. Why is it that you are so passionate about what you do, about training people in sales skills? 
Well, you know, for many years I did different things. I did, you know, I I had my um I had my own franchise business as a personal trainer for almost five years, and then from there on I ended up um, ended up studying in neurolinguistic programming with Tad James, and I became a a life and business coach using you know NLP tools and hypnosis and all that sort of stuff. And as I went on, I discovered the most of the times. When I ended up doing sales is because I wanted to invoke change, change for the better, and um, and uh, and that's basically that is the one biggest thing. And and the one thing that I ended up doing is I coach people, and I made a lot of sales by myself. But the thing that I actually spend most time with is helping people change their mindset around their life and the way they perceive themselves and that sort of thing as a coach, and then. Once I started working with the Anthony Robbins team in Sydney, um, I had to really change my approach because I was so used to face-to-face that it was really difficult in the first two weeks to actually make my first sale. It was like, well, I'm doing all the right strategies. I'm, you know, I'm doing the entire flow of what I normally did when I did it in person, but there is a whole other element to making sales on the phone. Because the person mm-hmm. doesn't see you, so you need to find yeah. a yeah. way of um, how do you say compensate for that. You need to know how yeah. to communicate yeah. with words on tonality and the speed of the way you speak for you to actually get the person to trust you so they buy from you. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is because. When I started getting that and when I actually started making those consistent sales happening that were anywhere between a thousand dollars of a product up to ten thousand dollars or even more depending on what product I sold, um, mm. those things that are sold change people's lives. You know, they really did mm-hmm. and the way I see myself is I am the initiator of change. For the better, so I help people transform lives. I might not be their personal coach all the time, um, but I, what I do sell is I sell um, educational and mentoring um, programs and products that have an impact on people to change their lives for the better. And that is one of the major reasons why I'm so passionate. Because if that, if what I'm selling you, I know for certain has you know, I've done personal development myself, as you know, you know as well. That when you go into personal development, the the idea of paying a thousand or more dollars is for some people ridiculous. But then once you're actually in mm-hmm. it and you see the change, you go, you know what? It was worth paying all that money because of the change that happened within me. And so mm-hmm. I can relate Absolutely. to that, you know. And, um, and yeah, exactly. And I can relate to that. And I know that whenever I sell something I believe in that actually has that, has that power to do that, that is where I'm coming from. Because the way I see myself is to educate and inspire people to change for the better in their lives and transform their lives. Awesome. And, and so would you not everybody on the call... Um, is going to be in a position where um, 
where it's not so obvious that the products that they're selling maybe do have this massive impact. Um, Would you say that, because I'm just hearing this coming through from you, that no matter what, what someone's business is, no matter what their product or service is, that when they truly grasp the actual impact, the actual solution that they're bringing, um, that that's really the essence of, of the sales process? It's one of the essences, yes. It's not the only one, but it's yeah. one of them. Because if you can see, um, I'm, I'm going to step back quickly here, but if, if you basically just go with what the features are of your product, then you have plenty of competition that will just do the same and they most probably will um, just do that and they will get more business from doing that because um, they got the money to advertise expensively and do all the expensive marketing just to convince people to buy from them instead of you as a small business owner. But if you grasp the essence of what is the huge benefits of the customer coming to you instead of the competition, and you can translate the benefits uh, in relation to the features uh, much more at a highlighted sort of place of speaking with them and getting them to see the mm-hmm. value of what it is that, that it can do for them, even though they might pay a little bit more then you have the customer with you because what the customer first wants to know is how is this benefiting me first before they know all the features. That is the first thing they want to know is what are the benefits for me? The features are great, but how can this relate to me? And even though you might not sell a self-development... Exactly. And even though you might not sell a self-development product or financial education product or... Uh, personal training or coaching product or any sort of thing, I believe every product and service has a uniqueness to it that when you combine it with the person that sells it, if they can actually translate the benefits much more than the features and relate it back to the person they're speaking to, that that person, as long as they like you and they, they learn to trust you whilst you're speaking with them, they will buy it from you. They will buy it from you because remember, when you go into a retail store, for instance, and you're looking at a dress, there is a thousand of different retail stores you can get the same dress from. However, Mm. then this person comes up to you and speaks with you in a really casual way and trying to help you out and going, so what is it you're looking for in dress and this and that? Then you tell them and you build that relationship with them right then and there. And because of that relationship, yes. most probably what you do is you try to dress on and you're liking it and she's complimenting you and how great you look and all that sort of stuff and you feel good about yourself and guess what? The next thing you do is, you know what? It might cost $20 more than I expected, but I'm going to buy it from here right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> very, very true. Not, not that I've been there and done that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and this kind of, you know, this this is really the bit where we're on the same page because, as you know, uh, you know, my business is all about relationships and relationship marketing and how the relationships are the foundation for the business. And this is sometimes in conflict with traditional sales training, which you know says close the sale at whatever cost and things like that. However, I believe that, and, and that comment just kind of really reinforced that. 
that we're really on the same page. And I'd just love to know your your take on that and why it is that the relationship side is so important for sales. Well, I always believe it has always been important. It's just it it's been um basically put aside by the big companies and what happened in the you know, over the years is the big companies have this huge budget to do advertising and do this and do that and and then the small business entrepreneurs, the small business owners that want to build business look at that and they go, Well, how can I compete with that? And that is just intimidating. Yeah. And then the, the the other thing of course is they go they try to do the exact same thing. So they go they might I mean I like Brian Tracy, don't get me wrong, but the way he sells one of his sales techniques is really, really hardcore to the point where he's really pushing for the sell. And I'm not a big fan of pushing for the sell because my belief is if you push for the sell and you get the person on board just because you were really, really smart about it, um, it comes back to bite you in the ass and you will have to get a refund and they're going to be a really difficult customers because they do not have not that conviction of the product or what it will do for them. And the reason it works so well when you have relationships is because what is the first thing we all like to have or how we all like to feel special and we all like to feel respected Mm. and loved. We all do. The last thing we want to feel like is a number. So when you get a phone call from a telemarketing center from Optus or Telstra or um, A&Z or some of the other companies that have that huge budget, the first thing you go when they call you and they go, by the way, before I actually continue, I will have to qualify you and this and that, you switch off and you go, I don't want to talk to you. Because the first thing they make you feel is like they're like on the other end going like, oh, well, I got the right to ask you all those intimidating questions, including your date of birth and your account number before I even tell you what this call is about. And that Mm -hmm. actually puts you off. It's like, well, why should I tell you? I don't trust you. Mm. You know? But if I call you and I go, hi, this is Dario here. How have you experienced the service? What did you enjoy the most so far? By the way, did you know that one of the benefits we have with our service is that we can save you up for to 50% on the phone bill this month by setting you up with this and this and this. And, um, yeah, how has your day been and this and this. And if you're really casual about it, then the person might go, oh, no, I didn't know that, so tell me more about it, you know. And then you mm-hmm. have that conversation with them and you build the relationship. So how has your day been? Oh, it's been really good. Um, you know, shopping with the kids, it's been a bit stressful. And then you go, okay, cool. Yeah, I know how it is. My cousin has two kids as well or... And whenever she goes shopping, it is sort of a a bit of work. Then you have a laugh about it. And you're not talking about the feature. You're not talking about all that other stuff. You're talking about them and you're building that relationship. And by the end of it, you go, well, is it okay if I actually tell you a little bit about how you can save money on your phone bill? They go, absolutely. And then you tell them the benefits and you only make it really simple. You say, here, if you want to do this, we just need to go through the process one, two, and three. Are you okay with that to do that now, or would you prefer me to give you a call back at another time? Um, you know, it will only take a couple of minutes. They might go, well, no, no, it's fine, we can do it now. Or they might go, well, yeah. you know what, um, give me a call back just so that I have all my 
things ready. Because what happens yeah. is that those big call centers, they don't even have the courtesy to ask if it is a good time to speak. They look at the script, they mm-hmm. read from the script, and they just go on about qualifying you to go through the process that they need to go through regardless to where you're at um, in your life or what are you, what are you doing. You could be in a mm. funeral, they wouldn't care less. That is the real and, reason And I, and I don't think it's limited to, to big call centre versus, you know, other, other salespeople. I think that, you know, um, that there are some great people working in the big call centres um, that really kind of get this stuff and are tuned in. And equally, there are some people working for themselves or in a very small team that have no no regard at all for the people that they're talking to. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's I, I think true. That's it true. is just wherever, whoever you are and wherever you're at to take mm. this on board. And, oh, yeah, and, and I think, you know, as I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know, there, there are times that we do need to ask those questions. We do need to, you know, to qualify people or, you know, for security because I, from a customer point of view, I also wouldn't want them dialing the wrong number and giving out all of my personal informa- information to somebody else. But if you have that bit of a conversation and build that rapport and build the relationship first, rather than starting the conversation with those kind of technical legal stuff that you need to do, is that fair enough? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing is, when you're calling someone, uh, when you're speaking with someone, you're not just going like if I I'm gonna you know compare it to retail or you know if you're doing face to face. You're not just going up to a person face-to-face and go, can I see your passport, please? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, that person never met you, so why should they show you the passport? Oh, I'm working for this company, so we just want to make sure you are the right person I'm speaking to. Um, that is so mm-hmm. not personal. That is like being treated like a number. But on the other hand... Yeah. Um, what we need to do is engage with the person, build rapport, and then in, increase the communication level where we ask them about them, not about pitching a product. I mean, that is one of the strategies that I teach, to ask quality, quality questions where you really have that built that trust within the person and they want to share it with you rather than you actually just going, diving in, qualifying them, asking those sort of technical questions. And um, yeah. That is the other element that I talked about, you know, when I told about when I first got to work with Anthony Robbins' team in Sydney doing phone sales of his programs. And that was the other element that I was missing because I did every technical right thing by the book for the first two weeks. And I didn't make one sale Mm -hmm. doing that. And it was when I started to listen and build relationships that that person that I followed up, ended up buying from me because I was really just listening into her conversation that she had with herself while she was talking to me, you know, and that is such a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. So we've touched on this again, but just to sort of, um, I guess, give a a little bit more, I I like to push my experts to give the guys some real secrets and, and good strategies. So when yes. we're talking here about sales over the phone, I, I do know that you know there are many people that find that much more challenging than face to face, and you did already touch on some of the reasons why that's the case. Yes. What's your secret to do that? 
because you know you, you're very successful at selling over the phone as well as face to face. I know that you do both. So, what's your secret? <laughs> well, one of my many secrets is um, that whenever I talk to people, I listen to where they're at. I mean, that is my first secret. When when a person go, when a person actually throws something at me, I I'm listening to that, and then I actually react to that in an appropriate way that helps them build the trust with me. That is the first. So yeah. if somebody says to me, to give you an example, oh, I'm just cooking at the moment, and I go, oh, fantastic, what are you cooking? Mm-hmm. Oh, and then mm-hmm. they tell me what they're cooking. I say, oh, that sounds delicious. I wish I would I'd be there and have dinner with you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so then I'm, I'm doing that sort of like establishing rapport, relating back to it. And then the person on the other yeah. end goes, oh, he's a really cool dude, you know. I like to talk to him. He yeah. has a good laugh, and he's actually relaxed about it. And all of a yeah. sudden, they just open up. And then you got the most beautiful conversations in doing that. So the yeah. the secret number one would be it's very important to build good rapport with people in the, from the very um, the first 10 seconds. So the first yeah. 10 seconds people decide if they want to continue speaking with you on the phone or not. So if you can build that instant rapport, knowing how to connect and relate to what they're doing, they're much more likely to actually want to speak with you for the next 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or however long you want to speak with them. So that's the first first secret. Um, The second secret um, to my success has been that I always go with the mindset that my the way I look at it, even though it might sound really funny, but I'm not actually going with the mindset I'm going to make a sale. Even though that is the intention behind of what I'm doing is there that I wish that I want to make a sale for whatever I'm selling. Um, it's not what I'm actually focusing on, if that makes sense. So my focus is more on do I have quality conversations? Because okay. when I have a quality, yeah. because yeah, because when I have a quality conversation, I know that I, no matter who I'm talking to, if that person that I'm speaking to has a really good way of communicating with me, um, from me being the customer and them being actually the person that wants to sell something to me, I want to buy from them. You know, it's like. Oh, I yeah. had such a great conversation with that guy, and now he's offering me a solution. How can I say no to that? You know? Yeah. And that is, it's like it is such, it's it's a seductive strategy because if you're thinking about, like when you went out first on a, you know, with your um, with your partner on a date, right? He didn't just go, do you want to move in with me and have kids? Right? But, <laughs> and we don't, we don't do that. We don't go like, Oh, do you want to, how about we hang out after 15 minutes, let's have a kiss, then um, after an hour we can move in together, and after one day we're going to get married. Um, and we don't do that. <laughs> we, have that. we like to build our trust slowly. We don't go rush into things like that. And the same is with buying products or services from other people. You don't just go like, oh, yeah, you sound really nice. Here is a few thousand dollars. And that is where yeah, where absolutely. it comes. Yeah. So I always I, I I compare it to relationships because it ultimately is about building relationships, 
because when you have a customer, yeah. you know you don't just have a customer for that moment for that product or service. You have a customer for life. So if you realize yeah. that, then the way you're going to have the conversation is basically it's all about building that trust and that relationship first in the rapport and deepening the conversation and asking qualified questions. Um, questions that are relevant where you actually guide the person to where you want them to go, you know. Um, I mean, that mm-hmm. would be the other secret. I mean, that's the third one that I give away today, but I don't mind. The, mm-hmm. the other secret is you, <laughs> need to, <laughs> you need to guide the person on the phone call to where you want it to go. Because if you're too yeah. good in rapport and you don't know what sort of questions to ask, you end up going um, somewhere else with them. And at the end of the phone call, you had a great time, they had a great time, but you didn't make a sale because you weren't no. uh, in control of the conversation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so absolutely. Be... And, and, and I'm, I'm kind of smiling because this fits in so well with the conversations that I have with people around networking. And, uh, you know, I say networking isn't about sales, but it is about being strategic. Um, So, you know, you're not walking into a room expecting people to buy from you. But equally, you're not there to talk about politics, religion, the weather, what your kids got up to on the weekend, and (laughs) not to talk about business or anything strategic at all, you know, because, no, it's not going to work if you just go and have a nice chat about how nice the food is and the fact that your team won on the weekend. Exactly, exactly. So you need to know where the conversation goes and then have a specific outcome. And my outcome always is either the person wants to buy from me, but they need to organize their finances, so then they might uh, give me an objection about money. And then if I find a solution that they can afford it and they really want to buy from me, they will buy from me. And um, when they really understand the value of it. And the other thing is um, if they... If the money is no objection and they're ready to go, they will actually buy from me on the first call um, because they will understand the value of why they're buying it and the benefits and everything else. And, um, you know, that's basically what my secret was so far is just basically being very clear and knowing how to finish the conversation, getting them to commit, how to use my language to get them to a place where they go, you know what, It, it sounds good, how can I get started? Or... Um, where do we yeah. go from here? Most of the people I speak yeah. to, I get them so excited. They're like, well, how can I get started now? And then I go, well, here is yeah, yeah. option A or option B. You give them two options. Yeah. Don't give them too many options. And you just say, you know, option A is if you want to, you know, fix the full amount up. Or option B is if you do want to do a payment plan. Um, yeah. And then the benefit of this is, well, what you learn is will generate your cash flow. It will actually help you shift your mindset and use what you learn from me, for instance, as a coach to actually generate more sales in less time. So it's an investment in your yeah. business. It's not like you're buying something yeah. that is that you can take home, yet what you will learn is for life because when you get this, you can apply this to any business you do, no matter if it's in person or over the phone. Yeah. And, and I mean, you're selling some pretty high-value programs that you that you are selling over the phone. I mean, do you do you find that challenging? Did you find it challenging? Or do you, you know, do you just think of it as it's a solution, whether it was, you know, a $50 something or whether it was a, a $50,000 something? Um, is there, 
Are there similarities? Are there differences? What, what would your advice be? Because I know that there will be people on the phone saying, yes, but my stuff costs five grand, ten grand, whatever. I couldn't possibly just sell that over the phone. Yeah. Look, I think that in the end of the day, um, you can sell anything over the phone when you have the confidence and you practice your skill sets. You know, the things that I'm... Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm sharing with all of you guys here today is it didn't just come easy for me like overnight. You know, I've been working uh, in the industry for a long, long time and doing phone sales, like 95% of my sales come from the phone uh, for the last five years and been doing sales Mm -hmm. and coaching for over 10 years. So altogether about 15, 16 years I've been doing this. Now, when you're selling a high-end product, the first thing that we all do is we are always comparing logically, but when we end up buying, we are buying emotionally. We are not buying because um, the features look great. We buy because the yeah. features make us feel great or they make them the feeling that we will get from it when we are actually thinking of buying it or using it for the future is excitement and it is that vision of knowing how it will enhance your future. And that is why people end up buying something more expensive because they know that it will benefit them in the long run and the feeling they get from actually, you know, looking forward and using it is really, really, it's almost like you're you're very excited and you're like, oh, I cannot wait to use this to actually better my life. And that mm-hmm. is the feeling that they need mm-hmm. to have for you, for them to buy it from you. So when it comes to... You know, we all have financial challenges in life, and no matter who we are, and the people that have no financial challenges, they have time challenges. So it's either the biggest obstacle is either time or money for most people once they understand what you're selling. And if you tap into that, oh, I don't have $5,000, then you need to go back to, well, the product that you're selling can do this, this, this. So, like, here are the benefits. The benefits of this product are when you're using it, you will be much more clear on um, your own um, on on business and how you can actually set up an automated system for you to generate money. When you use this, you will be much more clear on your communication skills and how to actually use them to actually convert more sales over the phone. When you, you know, that's my product, for instance. So. So at the end, yeah, then when yeah. they go, well, I can't afford, I $5,000 is way too much for me right now. And you go, okay, so what can you do? Mm. Well, I can actually pay $1,000 and then, you know, $500 per month is the maximum I could do, for instance. Then you go, so if I were to be yeah. able to actually arrange something like that to make an exception, instead, normally I actually, people pay me in full, but if I were to make that exception possible for you to get that, would you would that be you know any something that you feel like you know um now that I'm actually getting disapproved like this that you will go, yes, I'm gonna get started because money's no objection anymore, and then they yes, go, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because if they're really mm-hmm. serious, they don't mind paying you five thousand dollars it's if they're yeah, not sure yeah. about it or if they're not convinced you know if um if you haven't built that trust and they're not convinced for themselves that that is the right thing for them, why should they pay $5,000, you know? 
It's like when you're mm-hmm. buying a house. If you're not convinced that the house that you're buying is a good investment in yourself, for your future and for your family, why would you buy that house? You know? So that's yeah, a big investment. Absolutely. And but you know what? And, and this could be just me. I could be strange. It has been said before. <laughs> but what I find is for myself as a buyer at this point is that for the bigger purchases, I know more what it is that I'm looking for and I have my own criteria to measure something against. So in some ways, it's actually easier to make a big decision, whereas the smaller things are potentially, you know, the, the need is not so desperate or I don't already have the criteria. And so it, it actually probably takes people more effort to sell me on something um, that's a smaller you know. And I'll give you an example. Uh, my house and my car, so two fairly major, um, major decisions to make. Uh, it was the second house that I saw um, is the house that we now live in, and I already decided. My husband dragged me around to see another five or six houses, but I already knew the one that we were having um, and was sitting here. Um, so, so I, you know, made my decision very, very quickly because it ticked all the boxes. Yeah. And with my car, I knew I was looking for a car, um, and I test drove one car, and again, it ticked the boxes as to what I was looking for. So I bought it straight away. Whereas if I go into a food court to buy lunch, I can walk around the food court two times before I decide what I'm going to spend $10 on. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings you to the yeah. other. That, that's a very good point that you're making here. Well, here's, this is where the conversation needs to go. You need to qualify people what it is that they're looking for. So all those boxes are ticked before you pitch yeah. that product. That's where it comes down to. So yeah. when you – that's a very good point. If Imagine you're going to the food shopping court, and I'll be talking to yeah. you, and I go, so, Ruth, what do you feel like eating today? And you go, oh, I'm not sure. Like, I really had the thought of having maybe some Indian, but I'm also thinking about Italian food. And then, so, um, then I go, so what – are you looking for something to be more heavy, or are you looking for, to be yeah. something more light and refreshing and, and nice? And you go, oh, more sort of refreshing and nice. And I go, you know what? Yeah. The Italian place over there has a really nice sort of Italian salad with grilled chicken. How does that sound? You go, oh, that sounds yeah. awesome. Let's yeah. do that. So, and all I literally did is ask you certain questions and you go, ah, oh, I didn't, uh, but when you buy yourself in a shopping center or food court, you don't think of those things. So you mm, need someone to give you feedback by asking the right questions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing is that as salespeople, we tend to make we tend to make life difficult for ourselves because we already decide that it's going to be a big decision. Whereas it, it doesn't have to be. If you're leading people down the right thing, if you're coming from that heart space of what I have to offer is a great thing, and uh, you know that. That that's where you're coming from. It doesn't actually have to be difficult or a tough decision. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes what happens is that is the first thing that that happens is even before the actual conversation, we make it way bigger than it actually is. And that is the exact reason mm-hmm. why some people that own a business struggle because they're so afraid of actually picking up that phone and actually making that call that they just go oh, instead I'm going to do some paperwork or accounting or mm-hmm. they find any excuse mm-hmm. not to make that phone call, any excuse. 
And it's like... Absolutely, absolutely. And and that actually does lead... Sorry, sorry, I'm talking over you there. No, no, you're you're right, you're right. No, I was just going to say, it does actually lead me because I'm sure that there are a fair few people on the call who would love to have a sales team or would even love to have a salesperson working for them, um, but they're not at that position. They're literally, they're on their own, they're in their business, they're doing everything. Sales is a part of it, but what tips would you give to people? Because I hear it all the time, I'm not good at sales, I don't like sales, sales isn't the part of the business that I enjoy. Um, What tips do you have for those people saying that kind of thing about sales? Well, shift your mindset around sales because guess what? Sales is fun when you do it the right way and it gives you money into your business. It actually really rewards you at a much higher level than you're thinking of because everything that you create, when it comes from that place of really caring about the customer, you are the best person to talk to because you are the person that knows everything about the product, that knows everything, how it will benefit the customer the best way possible that if you had to train somebody up to actually do that the same way that you do, um, it will take you half a year to a year, and they would make half as many sales as you do because they're not as passionate as you are, the person that owns the business. The tip that I give yeah. to business owners and entrepreneurs that have a business, um, invest in your education and have a mentor like myself, for instance, or a coach like myself, that keeps you accountable and can pick up where you feel is your weakest link in your in your communication skills to make the sale so that that person can actually go, well, here is the weakness. This is how we can improve it. Now go back and do that. So you immediately have change within the way you're applying yourself and you're keeping yourself accountable of actually making that change in the conversation and in the mindset, the way you're thinking around self. Because... Mm-hmm. In the end of the day, um, when you're hiring people from outside, you need to know, you need to be the expert in how to make sales for your product first. Because how can you compare if the person that you're hiring will be good at what they do if you don't even um, are remotely good in in doing it yourself? How can you say, well, um, that salesperson doesn't do a good job or they do a good job when you really don't haven't made the sales yourself, you know. I once, yeah. Um, yeah. I've been hired by a company that was like a startup company, seven months old, and they hired me for sales. And uh, mm. and as soon as I started, I realized it is much more than sales. That company needed me for business development, for joint venture marketing, for um, setting up campaigns, for getting uh, social media marketing uh, happening, for so much more. And the sales was just part of it. And then I said, I actually resigned from that position saying to them, look, it's way too early for me to do the sales for you guys. Because A, you don't have the yeah. capital to pay me. Uh, yeah. They didn't, you know. And B, you're still in the growing phase of discovering what sort of products you want to sell and upsell. They had one product. Uh, when I left the company, they had three products. And that was after only a month. So I developed two additional products that they were able to upsell to. And within that month that I was there, I gave them another 
four to five products they could develop for them to actually increase their sales conversion. But in the end of the day, those products weren't necessarily the right fit for them um, because of where they wanted to go. And they needed to really go, well, what do we want to focus on? And go through that growing phase. And now I said to them, before you do anything else, even before you hire another salesperson, go through that yourself, develop the products that are given you to develop in alignment with the purpose of your business and make sure that mm-hmm. you're doing the sales yourself. Because and educate yourself on sales. Educate yourself on communication strategies, you know. I mean, um, one thing that I have, that I do with people when they come to me as, as a coach, I literally, every person is different in, uh, in regards to their experience when it comes to sales, right? But when you're buying a product from the shelf, including Brian Tracy and Anthony Robbins, they go through all the basics before they get to the point where you need to learn from. And then you go, well, I had to go through 20 hours of listening to content before I came along and got this content that was really useful to me. And we don't have time. The reality is we just don't have time to listen to hours and hours on end of content before we get to the content that is really relevant for us to benefit in our business. Does that make sense? It's true. So what well, I, yeah, time for yeah. completely. Yeah. So what I do is when I coach people, I go, I listen to where they're at, and then I go, okay, so your weakness is when it comes to, say, for instance, qualifying people over the phone, not knowing what questions to ask. That is your weakness because your closing and the way you're asking people to get started with you is really good, for example. And then I worked with, with yeah, them on yeah. that. that. Within that one coaching call, they can then go, oh, fantastic, now I was able to practice that. I'm much more confident now. I go back and that. then, because of that, their sales conversion literally um, almost doubles. You know, I mean, I had one coaching call with one of my clients, and within one coaching call after that, she had, before she started with me, she had five hours of coaching clients. After one hour of coaching with me, she used that strategy that I talked her through and practiced mm-hmm. with her. And within one week, she had 10 coaching clients. And her average sales mm-hmm. revenue was 250 before per hour. After that one week, the average sales revenue per hour was 750 That was after only one coaching session. Yeah. So because yeah. of the way I approach it, you know, that's basically, and I think that will, this also makes me very unique to any other sort of sales trainers and, and coaches because all of them go through what are the basics, this is the system, here is what you do. But the, the missing link they not talk about is A, the mindset that you need to have with sales and how yeah. to practice the communication strategies. What do you need to do in order for you to have that self-confidence and actually give practical uh, ways of practicing what you teach. Because I can get it logically, but if I don't get it in my body, no matter what you tell me about it, if I don't get it, I will never actually succeed at it. Absolutely. And and so is this, I mean, is this what you're you're talking about when you say that, you know, you you don't think that sales, um, sorry, that sales scripts are necessarily the best strategy because... um, I know that there are that there are people who are incredibly successful that 
you know, sort of live and die by by the script um, to really sort of get get all of the information that they need to sort of really uh, deeply ingrained in in their head. Whereas you say that maybe that's not the the best strategy for everyone. Can you kind of explain where you're coming from on that? Sure. I mean, look, when when it comes to the element of talking to people, you need to actually paint a picture over the phone. Okay. Now, a script is only as powerful as the one that delivers it. Okay. Um, I'm sure that many of your listeners have maybe been to, say, the theater where there was a show on and you see an actor doing a really great performance and in the middle of his great performance, he stops and starts thinking about his lines and there is a complete disconnect. And you go, oh, such a shame, because the performance before was really good. It seemed so effortless, and now he's stuck because of his lines. And from there on, it it just goes downhill. And the Mm -hmm. thing is when you're using a script, when you're using a script, you're in your head. You're not listening to people. What you do is you're actually looking at the words, and you're focusing on... How do I say this now? Oh, should I say this like this or like that? And um, oh man, I just I actually didn't say the, that one word in the middle of that line that I was reading. Yeah. And the person on the <laughs> other end is like, uh, "What?" And at the end of the day, yeah. it doesn't come clear across. It's like you're reading a script. Like, that doesn't make sense. And then you're asking the customer, "Does it make sense?" And they go, uh, "What are you talking about?" And so <laughs> script is. <Yeah. laughs> It's like, what? Yeah, okay. And that's the reason, because the script is not personalized, first of all. And if, even if they are personalized, you never end up talking exactly like the script is typed. You end up, you yeah, know, yeah. because you need to have that adaptability. You know, if you read yeah. a script, you miss the point. When a person says to you, I'm actually in a meeting, you keep on reading the script, not actually listening to them. I had people calling me and yeah, I'm like, they're, they're, you know, it's exactly like, I'm actually in a meeting right now and they keep on reading the script and asking me the questions like, actually, I'm in a meeting right now. Can you please give me a call yeah, back a little absolutely. bit later? And the only reason why they do that is because they're reading a script. So a script yeah, is only as absolutely. useful as the person that, that, that actually uses it in the appropriate way. And um, who was it again? Um, Jordan Belford um, said, I listened to one of his, his things that he said, he said, and I actually kind of use that quote from Jordan Belford. He's very, it's very true. Basically, 9% is words, okay, and 91% is the actual way of the sound of your tonality and even your body language, even though the person cannot see your body language. You have a different tonality to when you actually um, are confident and stand up and walk around, or when you actually sit upright and your chest up, then when you actually slouch forward in a different way. So that affects your tonality, and your tonality in itself is a, is a huge way of actually communicating with the person on the other end for them to get what you're saying. Yeah. So. And that, and that also goes into and can we just get, so. can we just get really really practical here because um, Jordan Jordan you mentioned him there he is a huge advocate of having a sales script and there's a big <laughs> long thing that he goes into yeah. to that so and 
four people that are on the end of the phone listening going, well, I've got to do this structure and I've got to do these questions, but now you're telling me I can't have a script, it's all too difficult. Um, I mean, I'm thinking through a couple of, of suggestions, and I'd love to sort of throw them out to you and see whether what your thoughts are and whether you have other things. The first one is to, you know, to have a script that you, that you literally practice and memorize so that you know all of the content of it so that you're then able to bring in that flexibility and everything else because you've just got it. It's all there. It's top of, top of mind, but you're not actually sitting there reading from it as you're connecting with people. Well, the, the first one and the second one would literally be to have bullet points written down as to the direction that you want to take it and the things that you want to say so that you've got those kind of as notes so that you you have that sort of fluidity of being able to go through things. What are your thoughts on those and do you have other advice? Sure, okay. So the first thing in regards to script, John Velford hmm. says, um, yes, you do need a script, but the, it's not about the script, it's about the way you deliver the script. That's also another thing that Jordan Velford said, yeah. and that's very true. So when you do use mm. uh, a script that you want to memorize, make it personal from your end. Don't just use a template. Make it yeah. your own. Yeah. And okay. you need to, yeah, and you need to actually um, design it with in mind how the conversation flow will go. So you need to know what sort of questions do you want to ask that person in relationship to your product or service that you're delivering. So that you can guide that conversation. So you, you basically, you know, once I'm in rapport, what sort of question will I ask? And how can I actually get them excited about my product by outlining the benefits? And those questions mm -hmm. need to be in that script. So you're asking the questions and you let them do the talking. And you should be just actually listening to what they're saying and then adapt your response to it and guide them through to the point where once they're actually ready to go, you know what, what you're, what you're telling me sounds fantastic and I can see the value of it and all of that, then you know exactly what to say for them to go, I'm ready to buy from you. You know, and you yeah. need to then basically go, instead of saying payment, one thing that I normally say is how would you like to fix this up? Would you want to use, a, you know, a Visa or MasterCard? So that, the, it, mm -hmm. it, because we don't like the word payment, we don't like the word bill, but we do like fixing things up. So the word that I use is, how would you like to fix this up? And then one of the right. things, in yeah, and then the, the tonality end, if you go up in tonality and go, hey, how, do you, how does that sound? Uh, uh, is that reasonable? You're actually getting them to think, you know what, that person is actually reasonable because they're asking me about my opinion and not just telling me what I need to do. And that's mm -hmm. basically the other thing. So your tonality is really important. But in regards to script, I've given um, my students like a little like bullet point flow chart where you basically get yeah. the first point is getting rapport. The second, bit, yeah. uh, the second point of, of it is uh, build trust. Building trust through yeah. qualifying questions. Ask things like, so if um, if you were to get this product, what would that do for you? Um, what are you looking in the product or service to do for you? How come that hasn't happened yet? You know, how come, I mean, yeah. sure, you looked at different things. Why haven't you bought it or what was the reason why you haven't bought it in the past? And um, yeah. what do you need to know in order for you to actually... 
um, you know, say, I'm ready to buy it right now or I'm ready to invest in yeah. this right now. What do you need to know from me in regards to this the service that I'm doing that you go, you know what, this is right for me? And why now? Okay. You know, why would that be important to you now? All those sort of like open-ended questions where people talk back to you and talk with you about what is important to them. And then ask, you know, ask them in the beginning, what is your budget? You know, ask them where are yeah. you financially, what is your budget? Because if if everything at the end of the day, they go, I want to buy it from you, but they're completely broke, they don't have a cent to their name, no matter how mm-hmm. good the service is you delivered, they will not buy from you because they cannot afford it. So they're not qualified to actually yeah. afford it for what you're servicing. And um, so make sure you qualify them in the beginning before you have that deepening conversation, um, but do it in a way that doesn't come across salesy or, or in, um, investigating sort of thing, you know. Ask them on a casual mm-hmm. basis. So, like, you know, if you, what is the, what was the holding, like, they might go, well, blah, 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 and this is the holding magnet. Okay, so ultimately, if you were to get this service or product for, um, example, this amount of price, you'd be able to afford it, and you would actually get things started because the only thing that actually, um, held you back in the past was the finances. And then they go, yes, that's yeah. right. And then, because then so, you know, yeah, sorry, just let me quickly finish with this no, one. No, no, then, you, yep. then you know what product to pitch at the end. Then you know what product to pitch yeah. at the end. Otherwise, it's shooting in the dark and not knowing what, to, what product to pitch. And you might pitch a product that is way too cheap for them or you might end up pitching them a product that is way too expensive for them. But if they give you an idea mm-hmm. where they are financially and what they actually were looking for in their budget to invest in the product or service you're offering, then it's much easier for you to actually close that uh, sale in the end. Does it all yeah. make sense? So is that one of the, uh, the strategies that we were promising the guys to better qualify and save themselves some time? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And when it comes yeah. to the, the, the flow chart, just to give you an example, so it's basically rapport is first one, second communication to build trust, third is qualifying yeah. through qualifying questions, like the examples I gave, fourth is um, basically building up their, um, getting them to realize what they really need and getting them aware yeah. of where they're at, and then building the goals in what is what's going to happen when the problem is solved. So then first yeah. we initiate a little bit of need and pain, as I say, and then you you build their goals around what the product or service can do for them. And then you basically yeah. say, here is the value of, the, of what I'm offering you. And they will be excited because they will go, wow, wow, this is awesome. And then basically get them to commit at the end. You go, so what needs to happen right now is... For you to get started, you have either option A or option B. So you assume the sell by giving them two options. You don't go, um, how about we, uh, how about you buy this now? Or you don't go like, oh, okay, does it sound, and, you know, you can ask, how does it sound? But then not go, okay, well, that sounds really good. Let's talk, well, let's reconvene and I'm going to send you an email with the information so you can make a decision. Because that will delay the process, and what will happen is they will go back to being logical about it, and then make a logical decision on buying. And when most of the things yeah. we buy comes from an emotional place. Yes. 
So yeah, yeah. so that's basically the company, and that works wonders. And when you, if you have an A5 card, with those bullet points when you're on the phone to remind you how is the communication flow going, that will help you immensely. Yep. Because then you go, ah, oh, I'm actually yep. stuck at point one rapport. I need to move on to building trust. I need to move on to actually asking qualified questions, and I haven't done that yet. So yep. I need to move yep. on forward, yep. you know. So yeah. that has helped uh, people that are close. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Well, look, we're nearly, very nearly out of time, and um, you've given us so many secrets and tips and strategies. Now, we did promise uh, in the lead-up to this call that we were going to give people two specific strategies to help them better qualify their prospects and save time, and you've just given us the one there in terms of checking out their budget right up front so that you're looking at the right solution on the back end. What's the other strategy that, uh, that, that you would advise people to use to really well qualify their prospects? Well, like I said, use the, lose the communication flow chart is, is definitely going to be another okay. strategy because it will help them to be on track with the communication that they're having, being in control. And the other yeah. thing I'd say is you need to, before you make the phone call, you need to know what are what is your plan in regards to uh, when the person says, yes, I want to buy it, what do you want to actually sell? So have your pro- have outlined yeah. in your front the products that you want to sell to them. You might have two or three products that you want to sell, and then listen to what their need is. You know, listen to their need. So here's another thing. You need to first find their need before you can sell any solution. So if you don't know yeah. their need, it's pointless because they will not actually buy from you because there is no urgency in it. So my second thing is create an urgency within the phone call and, you know, reminding them of their need and then offering the solution. Don't go first solution without them having a need. So uh, that meaning that when I ask people, for instance, why are you looking at, you know, when I ask them, for instance, when about why are you looking at investing in learning how to um, do NLP? They will go, oh, I want to be a better communicator. I go, well, that's great. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't actually say anything of what, where is the need. Why is that important to you? Why do you want to be a communicator? Also, I can rebuild my relationship with my parents because um, we are actually not in a good relationship. I'm not talking to them anymore. And I want to actually solve that. I want to solve that problem and actually yeah. rebuild that relationship. And then you immediately go, so is that the real reason why you're thinking about that? And then they go, yeah, absolutely. That is the exact reason why I'm looking at doing this right now. Now, there is urgency in that in itself because that person has not spoken to that uh, to their parents, for example, for a year and it's hurting them and they're not really happy and content in their lives. And so that might be the sure. exact reason why they want to buy your NLP program, for example. So if you find that deciding factor within the conversation, um, I call it the decision-making factor from from their point of view, um, then you've got basically, you will make so many more sales much easier in conversation style than you having to do the hard sell. Um, that will be my yeah. other strategy. So ask them why now. Ask them the question, why is that important yeah. to you now? Or what will that do for you? If you had this, what will that do for you? What is the deciding factor to go, yes, I'm going to do it? 
And if they go, well, yeah. it's because of yeah. this, you know if they just give you a basic answer to brush it off or if they give you a real deep answer. And you need to imagine like it's like an iceberg and the top answer of the iceberg is very general. There's no depth to it. Yeah. But the bottom, on the bottom of the iceberg where the crystal builds, where it builds up, that is where you want to go with your question. You want to go straight to the point, what is it that you will need for you to say, I'm going to get started right away. And if they go, well, I need to know that if I get this uh, service, um, I can actually achieve my goal so that I can um, be much more self-confident so that when I get married, for instance, I will actually uh, feel absolutely like a million-dollar guy in, in, you know, being being at the wedding yeah. because of the way I feel um, and the way I, yeah. my health is and all that sort of stuff. So that could, could be for personal training. But let's say you, you're working in, um, in uh, I mean, what are pe- most people that are listening to this phone call are entrepreneurs? They're, they're mostly coaches or they're personal trainers or what, what is their industry? Oh, there's, there's a real blend and I am gonna, I'm going to have to stop you giving us too many more examples just because we really are pretty much out of time. However, sure. um, I'm sure sense. that there are people that would, would love to, to find out a little bit more about you and to have that sort of more uh, personal interaction. Now, uh, so I'd love to let them know how they, how they can do that. And so I believe that you've actually got a, a free report for, uh, for the guys that are listening. Can you tell us just a, a, in a, literally a couple of minutes a little bit about that? Yeah, basically, I've, I've, I've written a report that is almost like you're having a one-on-one coaching session with me where I outline some of those things that we talked about it today. Um, it's called the, um, the ultimate, the five ultimate keys to winning more sales. And uh, that report is uh, 11 pages long, so it's not that long, so you can actually quite easily read it. And there is also an exercise where you actually learn how to look at um, through your customer's eyes. What you need to learn is you need to learn to look through your customer's eyes before you do the sales mm-hmm. so that you understand where they're coming from so you can better relate to them when you're speaking with them over the phone. Um because we are so passionate about it, we sometimes forget to do that, okay? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, and that will be a free sales report. The other thing that, I'm, that I do have ha- happening this month is I have a workshop happening in Melbourne. So if you are in Melbourne, feel free to come along to that workshop. Um, mm-hmm. And it's uh, the sales report you can get for free at... Um, the on uh, www.theonlinesalestrainer.com and it's a free sales. Yeah, and I think you'd be very happy. We've got a link on the on the page for the web uh, for the webinar for that as well. Yeah, so you can go there, and if you want to come along, exactly. If you want to come along um, to uh, to the workshop, um, and you want to organise your tickets to come along, uh, just uh, basically uh, let the you can get in contact with me through Skype or you can, uh, my Skype name is NLP Coach 2 and we can talk about if um, if you want to come along to the workshop and organize that for you or the other thing that you can talk to me about is about, you know, personal coaching. If that is something you feel will help you to actually get to the next level to make more sales in your business by learning communication strategies and mindset strategies that convert in sales then, uh, yeah, we can also talk about that. Beautiful. 
Beautiful. All righty. Well, I know I've been taking notes and uh, uh, I, I need to go and have a think and a process and, uh, and lots of really, really fantastic stuff there. So, Darius, thank you for being so generous with your information. Thank you for sharing so much with us over the last hour or so. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. And uh, what I might do, Ruth, is I'm, uh, I'm going to send you, um, just in case people come back to you and go, I really want to go to the workshop on um, that he's doing in Melbourne on the 16th of June, yeah. uh, I'll send you the link so you can pass them on to those listeners that want to come along and, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, give them uh, details if they do want to just chat with me if they didn't get the details Absolutely. from listening because sometimes it goes quite yeah. quickly, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll send an email out with the workshop details so that uh, guys can have a look at it and whether they can make it or they may know people in Melbourne that could. So uh, we'll see what we can do. So, look, yeah, say, thank you thank so much. You. It's been absolutely You're brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for having um, me. It was I'm a sorry. Pleasure. That's it. For, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I said that's, that's, it's been a pleasure. Um, I'm glad I was able to share uh, things that can help uh, the business owners listening to improve their um, their business boost and get more sales in their business, and I look forward to working with them in the future. Sounds wonderful. Sounds great. So that was June's business boosting interview, and we're so glad that you've been able to join us. Um, join us next month in July. Now, I've not had a male expert for months and months for some bizarre reason, and it's like buses, you get one and they all come along at once. Um, next month, we are actually talking to the marketing doc, Dr. Graham Salter, um, who is going to be sharing with us how to turn our knowledge and our information into products. So for those of you that have been listening to Dario and, and when he said, you know, decide which product to sell or which service to sell that you're thinking, I've only got one, I only do one thing, um, <laughs> listen in next month because Graham's going to be um, Graham's going to be sharing with us how we can uh, develop that suite of products and how, how we can turn our knowledge into information and therefore into wealth. So, um, so that's going to be a great call as well. Uh, so I hope you can join us the first Thursday in July. Mark it in your calendar. And I will see you then or speak to you then. And Dario, once again, thank you so much. Thank you, Ruth. Have a fantastic week. And I look uh, forward to uh, catching up with you another time on the phone. And, uh, yeah, um, all the best to um, to the future things that, we, that you're doing. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you another time more. Great. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. You're welcome. Bye.